Thank you. Please be seated. Now for the main message today, Mr. Ron Harmon. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, uh, just a couple of quick announcements. Um, if you tried to get on StreamHoster, they've changed the platform on me, and I've been meaning to go on there and, and try to do some things, but apparently it's interrupted us broadcasting on StreamHost, uh, I mean on Roku today, so I'll try to get that fixed tomorrow so that we have a live broadcast on there. I will upload today's video on there once we're done, so it will be there. But um, uh, just let everybody know. If you're on YouTube watching, then you don't really care anyway. So, <laughs> But that, just to let you know, if you tried to get on Roku, that that was what was going on. And I want to thank everybody for your prayers and well wishes for Virginia at this time. Um, I don't want to really get too far, <clears throat> far into what's happening with her right now, but it's safe to say that that uh, uh, she's not doing real good right now. So just continue to keep her in her prayers. <clears throat> so I think it's safe to say that we're living in strange times in an increasingly foreign world, one that we can barely recognize anymore. And that might not seem like it for many, but for those older folks who were alive in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, it definitely is strange to us today. And I believe they may be, most folks, or older folks, may be thinking the same thing. Younger folks, maybe not so much. And it's, it's a frightening world we are all living in when all the fears of biblical prophecy seem to be coming alive before our very eyes and, and becoming a real thing all of a sudden. And when you see events spoken of by Messiah in the modern-day Israel seemingly being played out as if being acted out on a Hollywood stage all of a sudden. And uh, we know, we understand, or we feel that time is short before the Messiah actually comes for his people, his bride. And we are watching as evil rears its, its very hideous head in the most horrifically ways possible. And that seems to only make scriptures even that much more legitimate, in my opinion. And, but these abominable acts carried out by brutal thugs in ways unimaginable to the normal mind, for instance, like burning alive and folks and beheading of young children and babies and, and accompanied by barbaric acts of torture and rape of young women as even as young as five and six years old. And it's, it, it just boggles the mind that people can do this kind of thing. And, and, and then men and, and men and women were mercilessly beaten and then shot and killed in their homes. And then to comp compound these horrific acts, many in our nation today welcome these, if you want to call them men, as being oppressed, along with their many young adults in our country who are aligning themselves with anti-Semitic groups such as Antifa and Black Lives Matter on our college campuses and throughout the United States. Well, a lot of these fine folks, they find it 
interesting or prudent or whatever you want to put it to rip down posters in the in our country of missing Israelites caught up in the violence and all for simply being Jewish their actions these folks actually suggest that they support Hamas's charter that says they have a duty and a right to kill Jews at any age at any time anywhere and these are these there, well, let me put, there are demonstrations all over the world in support of these thugs, which blows my mind. And there's very little mention of the actions that preceded the ongoing destruction of Hamas in Gaza. And those who oppose Hamas and terrorist groups like it, well, they're called Islamophobists in order to, that they become shut up or they get shut up so that they won't speak out against them. But the blatant fact is that Palestinian terrorists, well, in a lot of ways, they're using child sacrifice. They strap bombs on the, around their own children in order to kill Israelites. And when Hamas killed over 1,400 in Israel on October 7th, the Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza celebrated and danced in the streets. One has to ask, why would a world support a group of, of, of thugs who are Jewish-hating thugs, but I think they would be just as gleeful if it was Christians. I don't think it makes them any difference. And I'll first say that any U.S. citizen or group that supports Hamas ought to be run out of the country. That's my opinion and should be ashamed of their words and support for such a barbaric ideology or people. And anyone calling themselves Christians or Christian organizations supporting Hamas's cause, like Churches for the Middle East Peace, who are more worried about the Palestinians being destroyed than their evil ideology, they should be ashamed which includes a ridiculous idea of a two-state Israel, in my opinion. And others who call themselves Christians have come out in the last few weeks in support of Hamas in one degree or another because they simply hate Jewish people, and they don't even know why. Ask any of these college kids why they hate Israel, and I bet a week's wages they couldn't give you a good reason other than they've been taught that Israel is the oppressor. And maybe they believe Israel is the invader of that region of the world, but they'd be ignorant of biblical promises of the eternal God to Israel, to that people, that that area would always be theirs according to the Abrahamic covenants. And I think we just read part of that today. And you can take away, try to take away something that God has promised, but no matter how hard you try, you are not going to be able to do it. Now, scriptures teach Israel will pay the price for their disobedience towards God, but don't think that you can mess with God's people and go unscathed. And I know more than most people that those folks that are called Israel in that nation over there today, many of them don't follow the Eternal's commandments. And they are not simply 
the Israel that, that scriptures talk about, especially in modern days. They are the Israel in that, that are born to that area. But he's talking more about those who oppress the name of Israel in the fashion are enemies of God. Because they are attacking his holy namesake. In Revelation 14.1 it says, verses 1 through 5, he says, Then I looked, and behold, the Lamb was standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his and the name of his father written on their foreheads. This is Israel. And I'll show you how, that, how that's true in just a little bit. But let's go on because I think some more of this is relevant. And he says, And I heard a voice from heaven like the sound of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. And the voice of which I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps, and they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one was able to learn the song except the 144,000 who had been purchased from earth. And these are the ones who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are celibate. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These have been purchased from mankind as firstfruits to God and to the Lamb, and no lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. They have not defiled themselves with other women. What he's saying is, is they have not defiled themselves with foreign gods. They are loyal to God in every respect. And to understand fully who these folks are, we must first go back to a few chapters in the book of Revelation to chapter 7 and verse 4. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 4, it says, And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000, 44, sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. Not Palestine, not Germany, not Turkey, not Arabia, not Iran, not Lebanon, but Israel. Then John told us there would be 12,000 from every tribe except from Dan and Ephraim, making a total of 144,000. But also included was an innumerable host, as it says further down in Revelation 7, verses 9 through 10, where he says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and people, and languages standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, and palm branches were in their hands, and they cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And these folks were dressed in white robes, and palm branches were in their hands. They were worshiping the true Messiah. These are folks who are not part of the physical Israel, but are part of the spiritual Israel today. Now, my fear is one day soon, lines are going to be drawn, and fo folks are going to have to make a choice where they stand, either with God of, of, uh, and Israel, or with Hamas and Hezbollah and all these other, other terrorist groups. There will be no more God knows my heart, 
to avoid tough decisions that have to be made whenever you're talking to somebody about the Bible. People will have to show what's in their heart and whether that be evil or whether it be good. And as I said in my opening, prophecy like in the books of Daniel, Matthew, and Revelation eerily are lining up today in mod with modern day events. Now let's read a couple of scriptures that can be easily interpreted as becoming more and more relevant as events start playing themselves out during our times. Let's start with the series of verses found in Matthew chapter 24, and we'll read 15 through 22. And it says, and we all have read this before. I don't know how many times I have read these particular verses, but they are more relevant to me today than they ever have been in the past, and you'll see why in just a second. Because these just jump out and slap you in the face right now. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel, the prophet standing in the holy place, let the reader understand that those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains, and whoever is on the housetop must not go down to get things out of the house, and whoever is in the field must not turn back to get a cloak. But woe to those women who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. Moreover, pray that when you flee, it will not be in the winter or on a Sabbath. For then there will be a great tribulation as has not occurred since the beginning of the world till now, nor will ever again. And if those days had not been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Now, did you know that in that area... That, that on October 7th, in that area of Israel, they were celebrating the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Stop and think about that, folks. What did it say? Pray that it will not be on the Sabbath or in the winter. Now, if they had taken time to try and save anything other than just run, they were mowed down. Now, I'm not saying this is specifically what the Scripture is pointing at, but it's, it just, it just eerily reminiscent of what these Scriptures are saying. Because this was all, October 7th was also a weekly Sabbath. Now, I know if you're following the Hillel calendar, that your last day of unleavened bread, I mean, uh, Feast Tabernacles, I'm sorry, was on, uh, was on Friday, and it wasn't on Saturday. But if you went by the first crescent moon to establish the first day of the month, then the last day of the Feast Tabernacles was on that Sabbath, October 7th, by reckoning of the first crescent moon. To me, that legitimizes that observation. Maybe not to many, but it does to me. So the verses that really stand out in my mind in this passage is 19 and 20, where he says, Woe to those women who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies of those days. Because what did we see? They killed them indiscriminately. The kids, the babies, the women, it didn't make any difference. They just killed them. And laughing while they, while they were doing it.
and that it will not be on the Sabbath or in the winter. Hamas attacking, attacked during the celebration of the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot, Sukkot as in Hebrew. And so, which was on the weekly Sabbath. And Hamas, has al they've always been notorious for attacking Israel on holy days and Sabbath, the Yom Kippur Wars. I think that was in 67 or 72 or somewhere back in there. It's their modus operandi so to speak. Is this all a coincidence? Or did we get a warning 2,000 years ago about attacks like this one that occurred on October 7th from our Messiah? Was the Messiah telling the world that a group of evil terrorists would target the Jewish people on their holy days and Sabbath and kill them indiscriminately, especially women and children? Do you know what the Hebrew translation for the word Hamas is? Do you have any idea? The Hebrew meaning is corrupt and evil. And the word in the Hebrew rabbinic commentary in the Hebrew Bible has used the word to describe instances like the following in Genesis 6.11. And this is actually in their Bible, the Hebrew Bible. And it says in verse 11 of Genesis 6, it said, Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. That word violence in the Hebrew language is Hamas. And it reads in, like this, and the Hebrew says, was full of Hamas. This was going on before the flood. In the Midrash, the ancient rabbinic commentary on the Bible says that Hamas means violence and murder and complete with moral destruction. That's the Bitrash Rabbah, yeah, I wrote it down on your handouts. <laughs> So is, is this what we're witnessing today in the Middle East with Hamas? Where, where the world is becoming filled with Hamas? These are very apt descriptions, in my opinion, of the terrorist group that has been attacking God's people in such a sacrilegious manner. And, and for decades. I stumbled upon a video recently by a mainstream preacher. I didn't get his name. I apologize for that. And he was speaking about Hamas and, he, and, and its use in, in the Bible. And he spoke of Genesis 6, which I just read you, where God destroyed everything on earth because the world was filled with Hamas, filled with violence. And he called Hamas a demonic spirit that infected the planet at that time in history and had to be cleansed. But Scripture also tells us that there's going to be another time, just like those days prior to Noah, when the Messiah comes and he says it's going to be the same. And we're told that in Matthew 24, 37 through 41. And it says in verse 37, For the coming of the Son of Man will be like the days of Noah. Well, what was happening in the days of Noah? The world was filled with Hamas. 
For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah in the, entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will be the coming of the man, coming of man be, son of man. And at that time there will be two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. And two women will be grinding in the mill and one will be taken and one will be left. Why? Why would you take one and not the other? That's always been a quandary for, for people in God's church. Well, let me set that up, the, the answer up, by just saying, I just read yesterday that our illustrious president has changed his stance on the Israelites, according with Hamas, them attacking Hamas, is now calling for a ceasefire and he wants them to stop. But unless these violent radicals are eliminated totally from Gaza, the people of Israel will never know peace. And so the prophecy of one woman being taken and the other left, or one man being taken and the other left, is becoming more relevant because one is a Jew and the other isn't. That's possible today because in, there are many peaceful Palestinians that live amongst the Jews and work side by side in Jerusalem with them and other areas. So is it possible we're not looking where we need to be or thinking about scriptures on how, the way we should be in order to see how world events are shaping up around us? I guess that's something that everyone out there listening will need to determine for themselves. And many have read the book of Daniel trying to very hard to fit his words into modern-day circumstances. That's kind of why I stay away from the book of Daniel for the most part, amongst other reasons, is it's, it's real tempting to try to put him into certain, or put his words into certain uh, things that are happening in modern-day uh, scriptures and try to make them fit instead of the way that he, they are intended to, to be uh, thought of. And I completely understand why many see scriptures like Daniel chapter 7 verse 25 and says, He will speak against the most high and wear down the saints of the highest one, and he will intend to make alterations in times and in law, and they will be handed over to him for a times, time and a half and a time. And they see this, or I see this in the context concerning the Catholic Church and the Pope, who definitely said that they have changed God's times and God's laws and that they have the authority to do so and that the Pope is the vicar of Christ. And the Catholic Church holds the official position on the ongoing war in Israel calling for a ceasefire of all hostilities between both parties. So will they also become more involved in the coming days alongside the UN who's having a conniption fit right now over the whole thing within the nation of Israel and we see them pushing or, or putting themselves in a position of authority there will they you know but again, all these outside entities and governments aren't considering or simply don't care who struck the first blow or drew the first blood. Now it's Israel's fault. 
And Christians of all stripes also are not taken in consideration that if Hamas and Hezbollah are finally able to totally wipe Israel off the map once and for all, well, they'll be coming for them next. That's in their charter. Only Islam is relevant to them. So if the spirit of Hamas or violence is preventing the world from seeing its own imminent, imminent destruction, what's to stop them from doing anything they want to do? If this, the, uh, excuse me, then the same thing can be said about these college kids and young thugs running around destroying cities and tearing down statues. They are also committing Hamas. So these are demon-filled people who will be responsible for filling many prophecies in the Bible and they may not even be aware that they are becoming a tool of Satan in prophecy just as we see in the following scriptures in Revelation 13, 11 through 13 where it says, Then I saw another beast coming out of earth and he had two horns like a lamb and he spoke as a dragon. And also, in my mind, always go to the Pope and his religion because on one hand... He speaks for Satan, his one horn, and on the other hand, he's, he speaks as a representation of the, of the Messiah. But that's just me. And in verse 12, and he says, And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and he makes the earth and those who live in it worship the first beast, whose fatal wound was healed, and he performed great signs that even makes fire come down out of the sky to the earth in the presence of the people. He is going to create this, this beast is going to create this miraculous event where fire is coming down out of the sky and is going to awe people. Well, could the fire that is spoken here be all the thousands upon thousands of rockets being sent down on the cities of Israel? I'm just asking. We have always thought this to be some miraculous event put on by Satan. But what if we're wrong? What if, it's, what, if, what if it's something that Hamas and Hezbollah are doing today to the cities of Israel and we're just passing it over? Because what are we witnessing today? That is the question that we need to be asking. What are we witnessing today? And people around here are thinking, you know, that God is far off and he's not going to talk to them. God is way off and one day, you know, sometime in the future, you know, vague kind of thing, he may come, he may not come, whatever. And so they're lethargic out here in the land. But I'm telling you folks, we're seeing Scripture and prophecy being played out, maybe in, in not major ways, but in very, very small ways or localized ways in the nation of Israel. In all the nations in this world, they're aligning themselves with Hamas. And not the people of Israel. Not God's people. Not those 
that represent the name of God or Elohim. They are being deceived, as it says in the next verses, in Revelation 13, 14 through 18, it says, And he deceives those who live in the earth because of the signs which was given to him to perform in the presence of the beast, telling those who live on earth to make an image of the beast who had the, had the wound of the sword and has come to life. Did you know one of the, the emblems on the Islamic flag is a sword? Just thought I'd point that out. And he causes all, verse 6, and he causes all small and great, rich and poor, free and slaves to, to be given a mark on their right hands and their forehands. And he decrees that no one will be able to buy or sell except for one who has a mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of man, and the number is 666. So, what do you think that mark is today? I was always taught in the church that the mark of the beast is Sunday. Sunday worship. What if it's Friday worship? That's the day the Islamics worship on. Did we jump the gun on that too? And I'll change course just a little bit here. You know, six is a Hebrew numeric representation of man. Well, it tells us in the last sentence there that number of man is six and that there are actually 66 books in the Catholic version of the Bible or the Christian version, I should say. Remember, they're the ones who blatantly admit that they change times and laws. And we just read today in Deuteronomy chapter 4 where we're not supposed to add to or take away. Did you know until the year 1609 there was officially 80 books in the Bible? That year was the first printing of the King James Bible and it originally had all 80 books in it. But in 1885, the so-called Apocrypha was officially removed by the Protestant Church, leaving only 66 books. Isn't that odd? So what do we have when we add 66 books with man? We have the number 666. Now you can take for that whatever you want, okay? Voltaire once wrote, all of you know who that guy is, I'm sure. <laughs> Those who make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. The demonic world is, full, is in full motion to make the earth's inhabitants become deceived and believe that Israel is the bad actor in this whole thing and that the the Hamas and Palestinian are the good ones. And the Bible's been telling us that we need to be careful of who we believe, of who we follow, of what we, we, we apply our faith to. And it's been telling us for hundreds of years and we've been able to see the truth because the blinders of men have been applied to most of the nations. 
in every denomination of Christians and Catholics who use the Bible as their source of truth disregard the warnings in the Bible not to try and change God's words. Everyone. In Revelation chapter 22, 19, it says, If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city, which was written in this book. And as I said, also found in Deuteronomy 4, 2. No hands in the religious world are clean from the attacking of God's word. And the world is filled with Hamas and corruption and violence. And we're seeing it on a scale unseen since the days of Noah. And Hamas isn't limited just to terrorist groups bent upon, bent upon the elimination of Israel. Hamas was on full display this last Tuesday as a Christian celebration called Halloween. Whoa, how did you make that connection? Let me explain. Christians and Catholics alike may condemn the Hamas or the terrorists, but they participated in a pagan ritual honoring evil and violence. They glorified the demon of violence and corruption by dressing up their children in costumes and, costumes and going door to door yelling, trick or treat. And just as the children of Hamas are taught to maim and murder by strapping on, on explosives to kill Jews or children, Christians tell their children it's okay to lie and be part and parcel of a worship of the occult. What difference is it, folks? Please answer me this. You might be thinking this is ridiculous about this connection, but what are they teaching the children? It's okay to threaten violence, Hamas, if they don't get their way, if you don't give them a treat. That's what you're teaching them. I know you think I'm carrying this just a little too far by making this claim. Okay. But Halloween teaches things like witchcraft, idolatry, that it can be fun, that it can be good. You make evil good somehow and teach this to your children. And the Bible says in Isaiah 5.20, Woe to them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put, their, put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. But folks will line up by the millions to say, I'm calling good evil by saying Christians should not be participating in the celebration of Halloween. But this is, this is what the planet's creator said, not to let oneself become filled with or be influenced by demonic spirits. Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 13. We'll get there in a few weeks. But he says, There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through fire, or one who uses divination, a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, and one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritualist, or one who consults the dead. 
For whoever does these things is detestable to the eternal, and, and because of these detestable things, the eternal your God is going to drive them out before you. You are to be blameless before the eternal your God. If the Old Testament doesn't do it for you, then here's a passage from the New Testament. In Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostility, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, evil, envy, drunk, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What will save us from Hamas? What can save us from the violence that is filling our worlds, our streets, our cities, our government? The only thing or person that can save us is in God's holy people in this world is the Messiah, who is about to return and about to let loose violence like nobody has ever imagined. If you love Hamas, you're going to get your fill of it. Because if you love the Messiah and keep his commandments, just as John says in 1415 reference, if you love me, keep my commandments, then your future is about, is about to become more brighter than any of those around you. Because the promises of Israel are for you. <coughs> Revelation twenty two fourteen through 15, he says, Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they will have a right to the tree of life and may enter the city by gates. And outside are dogs, sorcerers, sexual and moral persons, and murderers, and idolaters, and everyone who loves and practicing a lie. Those are the ones that are destroying God's creation. And He's not going letting them in to His eternal city. You can sugarcoat these secular holidays and terrorist activities however you like. But I'm telling you, it's all part of worshiping the demonic spirit of Hamas. And you are teaching your children that these things are okay. Then you wonder why they grow up to become empty-headed morons destroying others' property and beating strangers up for simply voicing a different opinion. And if you think you can passively sit by in these last days and let all this just slide by you and you don't have to worry about it, then you need to understand the warning that came from Paul in Romans chapter 1, verse 32. And it says, Although they know God's judgment that those who do such things deserve to die, they not only do these things, but they approve of others who do them. So standing by and doing nothing while the world burns down around you is akin to lighting the fire yourself. If you don't say anything about Halloween and, the, and those practices, and you don't say anything else about things that are blatant in God's face wrong, then you are participating in it as, as much as they are. And Paul conveyed to the Romans this message some 2,000 years ago that doing evil is bad and unacceptable, but approving of those 
who do these evil things is just like doing them themselves. No bystanders will exist in the heaven and, and the earth's spiritual realm or in the spiritual realm of God. And there is a spiritual war that's been going on between good and evil, between Israel and Hamas since the creation of the world. You're either with God and truth or you're on the side of Satan and his ministers, delving out buckets full of deceit. So my suggestion is take a stance on the eternal side. And when you do that, he will stand up for you when the time comes. Turn your backs on him and his commandments and he'll do likewise to you. Make your choice. Prophecy is certainly looking like times are close.